What's a cigar maker? It's like somebody who um, fashions smoking products out of whole leaf tobacco. <laughs> oh, you're tobacconist. Tobacconist. No, there'll be a, there'll be a, a proper term for a cigar maker, won't there? Yeah. It is. Uh, what do you call someone that makes cigars? Corsidor. A corsidor. Corsidor. A counterfeit corsidor. That no, but the T, you dickhead. What? T. Torsidor. Yeah. Trixie. Trixie torsidor. Talented torsidor. Oh, yes, go on then. All right. We'll go we used to do an episode one. of this, of just <laughs> saying words that have letters at the beginning of them. Yeah, I've got my list of unusual words starting with the letter P brought up, and it's a few thousand words long, so... Uh, I need just to read through. Translate. No, no. Translate, not tran. Fucking... Paracronism? Apparently, it's a Portuguese word. And it means fan in English. Torcidor. 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 You got Brett blind dance. It does. It sounds like do-si-do. Torcidor. One more time. One more time. Torcidor. Are you are you saying it as the Google lady saying it? Yeah. It's amazing. <laughs> Where's the thingy? There. Third. <laughs> right. Uh, Horrible. What are, we do- what are we doing? Talented Torsador. Talented Torsador. 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 Hello and welcome. I'm Steve. And I'm Al. And I'm Brett. And this is Fools with Tools, a podcast for the talented Torsador. Do it properly. <laughs> I can't. It sounds so stupid. Uh, if you want to know what the hell we're laughing at, go to Google Translate, type in Torsador into uh, Google <laughs> Translate, and just listen to the lady say it. It's fucking hilarious. Uh, so, gentlemen, what has everyone been up to? Al, with the pencil in your beard. It's a pencil in my beard. Um, I have just spent the last two days, it's a long weekend in um, England, because we've got a bank holiday on Monday, and for people Woo! that actually have jobs, unlike Steve, that yeah. means uh, <laughs> it's like a bank holiday, so you get it off work. Um, so the past two days, I have been up at the um, Barnes, which I talked about last week, um, and they actually had the fucking floor delivered so I could start the um, workshop build. Uh, yesterday however however the guys instead of taking up the floor and taking up all the floorboards and packing it up they just decided to chop up a 30 by 20 foot floor into pieces with a circular saw thus removing all structural integrity of the the floor uh, and now i just have 12 floor sections that are floating around and none of them are even um, so I had to spend the fucking hours and hours rebuilding the entire floor. Um, and in true hack shack fashion, I had to do it upside down because I couldn't get to the fucking runners or members or anything. So then I had to, when I, when I had finished a 42 square meter floor, I had to turn it over 
<laughs> pretty much by myself. Um, nice. I had like a an eighty year old man, possibly older, there with me, and I just I just said to him, "You need to get out of the way," <laughs> as I jacked up this huge floor. Um, and that was a fucker because it just it really put me off because I was basically going to build this shed in a day. Yeah. On the on the caveat that these guys had put this floor in properly, but it wasn't. So it sent me back a bit and started the build. Um, and this is going to be a floor run. Basically, the, the with a log cabin, you start obviously at the bottom and you lay the logs. And yeah. but the, the bottom run, half of it anyway, has to be half logs. Yeah, because you can't start with full logs on either side because they need to overlap. So. I, I and they dumped this fucking log cabin. It's a fucking huge thing, thousands and thousands of pieces. They just dumped it like pickup sticks, so yeah. it was all mashed up together. There wasn't any organization or anything. So I had to spend like half a day sorting it all out, putting it into piles, measuring everything, getting all the right pieces. And there was two pieces missing. They were the bottom pieces, the starting pieces. <laughs> I couldn't fucking start this workshop <laughs> until I found those two pieces. And all this shit is just like littered around this massive complex of like abandoned derelict barns. So I'm trying. I'm trying to find mysterious small pieces of mouldy wood in an unlit derelict barn that's full of shit. Spending hours literally looking for these tippies, I was like, "Fuck it, I'm just going to have to make it myself." So I just made, I just remade the two bottom pieces, <laughs> um, and then I could get cracking. And from then on, it was just absolute easy street. You just stack them up, bing, 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 bing. You don't even have to fix them. They all just interlock. It was like Lego. So from then on, I was absolutely. Fine. I was fucking flying, mate. Yeah. Um, got all the way up got up to the height um and then I had to call it a day because it was like dark last night and there's no electricity there it's abandoned derelict bands and um, so it got to about nine o'clock last night I had to call it a day uh, went back this morning got all the um roof trusses up the purlins everything all locked in and like as soon as you do that the whole building just goes rock solid because yeah. you've got this like floppy log cabin that's just kind of <laughs> only being held up by its own weight um, and the second you tighten together, it's just absolutely rock solid. So, I've got all the windows in, all the doors, everything apart from um, the roofing, because I ain't fucking doing that on my own. That is not <laughs> a one. That is not a one man job <laughs> going up and down ladders. Uh, so, I need a I need a boy for that. Nice. You Kiff, you help yeah. me with the roof. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, that's what I got to. I'm seventy five percent finished on a massive, massive workshop build. Awesome. Good work. Uh, Brett, what about you? I did not build something that large, (laughs) but I put out the, I finished the striking sledge on Friday night, spent yesterday editing and hating listening to myself. (laughs) Uh, Because for the first time in a very long time, I decided while I was filming, I ran into such a roadblock that I was like, wait a minute, I am I need to say this for myself, and I might as well just say it on camera, because I don't think there's, I don't think it's quite as apparent how many times things go wrong, or how you go <laughs> through your problem-solving process when you're making things you've never made before, and uh, almost similar to Tony's hammer when I made it, it was like, Enough things went wrong or didn't quite go according to plan that I just got down about myself, but I'm getting better about not taking those as failures, especially when it was just a big chunk of steel with a hole in it and knowing that I could totally take an angle grinder to it and solve all (laughs) the world's problems with an angle grinder. Um, 
So getting through the edit was fun. It took a bit longer because I, similar to what you said in your little post earlier, Steve, editing, we're like talking to skulls is one thing, but talking directly to the camera and trying to make sense of what my words are, even though I'm the one that says them. Yeah. Um, it was a bit silly. Took a little bit longer than planned, but uh, got the video done. Happy to get that done. I like how the hammer turned out, honestly, even though I had a completely different visual in mind when I first started. Happy with how it came out. And I got the forged jewelry stuff on my website, which was a big step for for me personally, just to get something that's legitimately handmade. Uh and not just like t-shirts and posters and things, which I love that people, you know, are so supportive on. But this this felt like a big step because it's the first thing I've legitimately produced by hand. Um, got the little auction ending today, which is neat. So people are being very nice and very supportive. I feel like I got a lot of work done. And we finished those damn Carhartt Guinness tables. <laughs> Yay. They moved the due date. The due date was supposed to be tomorrow, Monday. And somebody called Jimmy and was like, hey, how about we pick them up on Friday? So we thought we had the weekend to work on them. Uh, we ended up just going crazy because we had this old house in the shop on Thursday with Tom Silva, which admittedly, I wasn't quite as aware of who Tom Silva was to a lot of the carpentry guys and a lot of the people that followed this old house and some of these early on he's been on tv for 40 years all of these people know who tom silva is and he walked in the shop i'm like hey (laughs) he doesn't even look familiar to me like i don't i I don't recognize his face at all i have no Uh, idea who you're talking about yeah right (laughs) so yeah um he's super nice guy and like uh ended up helping me or gave me some tips on the finishing for the for the tabletops and stuff, which he nice. he knows what the hell he's talking about. The guys, yeah. and we heard from a lot of the crew that was there. They're like, he's just good at everything, and he knows so <laughs> much about so much stuff. I'm like, oh, that's neat. So they were really nice, but they were just there for an after early morning afternoon. They burned out. We immediately worked on tables until eight o'clock at night. Woke up seven o'clock the next morning. Work on tables. Get them on the uh, truck, and then I. Worked on some other workbenches with Jim and then did the hammer filming and edited yesterday. Yeah, so it's been a crazy week or so, but I feel like a hell of a lot got accomplished. Steve, before you go, Brett, did you say Carhartt and Guinness tables? Yeah. Yes. Steve, Guinness and I and Bruce Shandy, are you in? What? What? I mean... I, I love Guinness and I love Iron Brew, but just just putting it out there. I, is I've never this... tried it, but okay. So, so it, it sounds it, like it would make sense. Yeah, I mean, yeah, because you could do it like a uh, like a black and tan, and it floats as well. It. Yeah, it does. Yeah. Anyway, Ooh, we should try that. Uh, Yandel Show that can be the official drink. Boom! <laughs> the official it. drink of episode one hundred. It's called yeah. a Yandel. <laughs> And you have to drink it with a handle. <laughs> there you go. Obviously. There you go. Um, yeah. Uh, Steve, what have you been doing? <laughs> such a fucking weird thing. Um, well, that actually quite segues quite nicely into... No, it doesn't at all. <laughs> no, it, it does if Steve says that segues quite nicely into... Oh, okay. Because okay. you're, you're talking about uh, cocktails. And uh, so 
Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, we we worked, did work stuff in the workshop. Um, but Thursday, we had a photo shoot, and we had uh, Hollywood Steve. Uh, it wasn't for me; it was for the uh, pans and well, for the cookbook. Hollywood um, pans, <laughs> and we had uh, a guy called uh, Nick Strangeway. Do you who... say pan or pan? Pan or pen? <sighs> so you have this guy called Nick Strangeway, who's uh, a very well-known and respected uh, prison oh, no. oh. um, head, <laughs> This head whole sis- episode is going to be this. Segwaying <laughs> t- in nicely because we're talking about cocktails. And got, yeah, we got there. Yeah. One moment. Someone at a day had has had a cocktail before. Nice segue. Yeah. Uh, yes. So, um, so we had this photo shoot on, which was great fun. Um, got to catch up with some uh, some friends that we have uh, who came along and were making foods and drinks and things. Uh, me and Joe spent the day kind of acting as gophers, um, even more so than normal. Uh, but it was, you know, we we did it free, but we got fed delicious food mm. um, and. Uh, <clears throat> excuse me um yeah and it was all kinds of of weird foodie stuff including like uh grouse that we cooked over the uh fire with like um mar- uh, bone marrow stuffed into their crop um to like so that that would like render down and soak down through the grouse keeping the whole thing nice and moist um and they were hung up in the most grotesque way i think i've ever seen anything hung ever <laughs> Uh, because the chef just put uh, the skewer directly through the eye, like in one eye, out the other, and hung them like that. Makes sense. Um, yeah, it, it really did. Um, so that was good fun. Uh, and as I was going up to the shop to grab some bits, um, there's like the little cut-through lane, the, the tree tunnel bit. So went up through there uh, to get to the shop, had no troubles getting up there. Uh, turned around, came back, and halfway down the lane, uh, tree had just fallen down in the middle of the uh, road. So being the fact that it was the quickest way to get home, I was like, well, I'm not just going to leave a tree in the middle of the road. So <laughs> I jumped, jumped out, grabbed the, grabbed the axe out the back and hacked the tree up. Um, but it was a, like a plum tree, um, like wild plums. So took all the nice branches with shitloads of fruit on back and ended up using them for set dressing. Um, but also all of the wood, like including the big trunk that was like that big, um, took that back. Uh, and you know, we, we're going to use that to make spoons and shout of and knife handles and things like that. Cause fruit wood is pretty. Um, mm. so yeah, that was really nice. Uh, had a few drinks and everything as well. It was good. Uh, and then Friday, because we weren't working Friday. I went to the steam fair and it was fucking ace. There were steam engines there and I had fun. Um, and I didn't actually buy any rusty tat, which I was very impressed with. I instead spent all of my money in the food tent um, and came back with all kinds of cheeses and charcuterie stuffs. And that's yeah. a better, better use oh, of your expenses. Anyways. So good. Uh, but yeah, so I had a really good day doing that. Uh, and then Saturday, I um, was sat on the sofa with Jazz talking about how I was going to go down to uh, the workshop and start doing this, that, and the other, and saw a metal cutting bandsaw on Facebook Marketplace. 
just went, that's like half the price of what it is new. And it looks like it's barely been used. Um, so I dropped the guy a message and basically within half an hour was on the road down to go and pick it up. And um, I now have a metal cutting bandsaw, which is something I've been wanting for fucking ages. I mean, I say you were a metal cutting bandsaw. Uh, yeah, true. you did. Uh, but I also broke the metal. <laughs> this is also true. Uh, <laughs> so yeah, this is um, all there working and lovely, pretty much brand new and does angles and stuff. So I spent most of the day. No, that's a complete lie. I spent some of the day in the workshop playing with that and getting some of the bits sorted. Um, but it was fucking hot today. So I ended up not going in the workshop for very long, stopping halfway through, coming back and kind of just sitting in the house and complaining at Jazz that it was too hot. Um, but yesterday, after I picked up said bandsaw, I spent the evening trying to edit a video. And as Brett alluded to earlier, it was a lot of me in front of the camera talking. And it was horrible. <laughs> it was really horrible. Like, I... Anyone that knows me knows that I'm not exactly the most comfortable person in front of a camera anyway. Um, but having to have a conversation with a camera uh, whilst cars are going past and being really noisy, so you're constantly like, having to stop and restart, just it, it was playing on all of my anxieties. Um, so I spent ages recording that uh, last week, and then yesterday... Uh, tried editing that and had all the frustration of having to deal with footage that's um, kind of broken and inconsistent and annoying, but also watching all that back kind of brought back all of my, um, all of the anxiety and awkwardness and frustration that I was feeling at the time. So it's like this double dose of shit. Mm -hmm. Um, and, And that kind of like, led me on to thinking about uh, what Brett was doing with with his videos, like talking with um, with Scully and X and that. And it's it's so much easier when you're kind of acting and you've got someone to bounce off. Actually having to present yourself um, and just be yourself is far more um, uh, intimidating, I guess, <laughs> the word. But like it, it just, it feels, it makes it feel more awkward and and horrible so uh so yeah i think it's kind of easier when we when we act and when we pretend um because it's that safety net of like oh i'm not an idiot i'm pretending to be an idiot um right uh, yeah but it's it's like it's like the imposter syndrome thing isn't it it's like yeah we're i'm not gonna get called up on my joinery skills because i'm not a fucking joiner (laughs) (laughs) so it kind of it, it gives you a bit of like a sort of creative license um, and it doesn't mean that like I don't care about doing things properly and blah, 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 yawn. Um, but it, it it struck home today when the the professional people who build, sell, make, and transport log cabin workshops didn't know what they were doing. Yeah, and I'm pretending to know what I'm doing and did a better job than them. <laughs> <laughs> and as when I finished, and I put the final like roof truss things on. Like I just. I've got one of my stickers out my wallet and just slapped it on. Yeah. And it's, and it's, it was one of my first stickers and it says on it, making it up as we go along. 
Yeah. And it's, it, it really, I mean, that's just kind of a joke because that is what I do with most things, but it just, it just really resonated with me and that I'm like pretending and kind of winging it and um, faking it, like fake it till you make it, right? It's, yeah. it's, it, it, it for me, it's <clears throat> always been a much better way and a much more fun way to get things done and to learn things and to kind of be brave and do stuff that you wouldn't normally do because, because I'm not a, <laughs> a contractor or a builder or a labor or anything you know i'm just yeah. I, I, that if i don't pretend and i don't you know put my builder's hat on and and wear my builder's shorts and get up on the roof like it's it's not going to happen so i look i love pretending but it's also really fucking fun yeah like pretending for me is one of my favorite things in in the hack shack it's it's whether it's like a a, um, a visual pun and I'm pretending that something isn't actually doing it, or like <laughs> the sausage. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like magic, like repelling sausages, or yeah. you know, just just goofy shit like that. Like if you if everything's so serious all the time, yes, you, it might be immaculate and and clean and, and 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 sterile and precisely engineered. But I'd much rather it be rough around the edges and me fuck around along the way <laughs> and, and pretending is is far and away my favorite thing my favorite thing to do yeah. so whether it's like acting you know that's pretending um yeah i i i think i'm pretending when i go to work like i am i am a professional at work yeah. but i'm pretty sure i'm just pretending yeah. like I'm, there's nothing professional about me <laughs> <laughs> but it's, there's that old uh saying about the fact that everyone is winging it and I always used to think that, oh yeah, yeah, that's just something that people say to, uh, you know, to make you feel better, and mm. then realise that literally everyone I know is winging it. Especially when I see like one of the guys I used to work with, Calvary. Um, like, I I love him to bits, but he's a fucking idiot. He's useless, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, and he's now like um, uh, head of IT in quite a, a large and well respected company. And like every time I see him, I'm like, how the fuck do you have that job? He's like, I, I don't know. <laughs> I, but, but people seem to think that I'm doing okay. At it. They keep paying me. <laughs> exactly. Keep promoting me. Yeah. Actually, we took him off the payroll about six months. He <laughs> just keeps turning up. Moved him to the basement. <laughs> oh, I love that film. Um, <clears> but yeah, like that, that's the thing is that everyone, everyone is pretending. It. Everyone's winging it. And like, I don't think, I don't think like professional athletes are pretending or winging it you know if they're if they're doing the same thing a thousand times a day to to gain tiny little increments and training their bodies like i don't think that i don't think they're pretending i think i think they're that boring that that is what they're doing <laughs> yeah I, I agree that's a that's a fair comment but but like no, no, no one's pretending to like lift lift weights yeah <laughs> but then there's there's a um there's a thing about that as well like um uh, uh, world's strongest man. Um, no, not no, not Thor. Uh, the world dev- deadlift holder. Um, Eddie you got Hall. it, Eddie Hall. Um, yeah. He's uh, it, there, there was a thing that his deadlift when he did it, um, he basically had um, a like post hypnotic suggestion thing filtered <laughs> in. So when just before he went on to to do it. Uh, he had the like the trigger phrase or whatever said to him, um, and he went out there and he was Rose just completely. <laughs> he was just completely focused on on what he was doing, and 
he was, I can't remember what the fuck it was, but it was something horrific. But it, it was like um, pretending that he was lifting a car off of, you know, his child or something like that. Like that was the sort of state that um, yeah, his yeah. mind was in. That he was, he was pretending to lift something <laughs> else. Like, so... This, it, uh, this is really light. It's just a pillow. Yeah. <laughs> but like he was pretending like there, there was more reason to what he was lifting rather than it just being a bar with some weights on it sort of thing. He he pretended there was um, some purpose to it, if you will. Um, so I think, yeah, like that, that that was just my way of saying that some some athletes pretend sometimes. I there remember being told <laughs> when, when doing track sport, uh, I remember being told by the running. coaches. Yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> being told by the coaches that it was – you know, imagine someone's chasing you and you're like, yeah, okay, there's not, you know, you're all in line. <laughs> exactly. Um, <laughs> so that was, I was the last guy. So no one was chasing me. I was chasing everybody else. Um, but I, I do remember having that same kind of situation come up in football when they're like, just, you know, when you catch the ball, you just got to imagine that everybody's chasing after you. And you're like, actually they are. There is no, <laughs> like I'm the guy with the ball. The, the point is to tackle me. Which yeah. is why I have two destroyed needs now. Because yeah. I thought pretending to be a good football player was a good idea. <laughs> it's not. It's not. Um, but I bring that into the workshop a lot, obviously. And, and it's why I brought Scully on board early on. Was Somebody told me I needed to talk to the camera, put my personality on camera more. And I didn't like that. But it was easier for me to play pretend. And bring the other character in because then I had somebody to act and react with. So being able to put on the the pretend uh, cloak when I'm in my workshop space feels yeah. really, really comfortable because I enjoy it so much. Yeah. And then I go back to kind of the reality of the situation when, when I'm doing jobs working with Jim. And it's not that they're not enjoyable. I mean, not all the time, but there the the fun that comes along with that is a lot fewer and further between. Yeah, I'll put it that way. I'm not so, trying to be condescending about it, but there's not. I don't feel as invigorated or feel like we can have like fun pretend times, mostly because it's a personality <laughs> dynamic or it's a personality difference between Jimmy and I, where he's seen four movies his entire life and catches none of the references <laughs> that I throw out there. So yeah. if it's not, hey, li- listen, I've, I've good not, fellas. Sat, I've not sat down with my boss and strapped a fucking GoPro to a little pullback car. <laughs> <laughs> Those are the moments that are the best though. Yeah. It was so fun. To, and, and it happens when it happens, it's great. Right. Yeah. So it's the yeah. quality over quantity thing where, when when it's the fun time, it's the super fun time. And when yeah. we were doing like the battering, you know, he was like, Ooh, what if we spotlight it like this? And I was like, okay, how about we do it like the bat signal? And he goes, I don't know what you mean. And I was like, okay, <laughs> this is going to be hard to explain, but let me do the pretend thing where we, I need you to like weld something in the corner and we'll shoot some, some light out. Yeah. And I go, but if it was the real bat signal, it should be like, the spotlight and the shadow, it should be the reverse of that. And he was like, you're, you're thinking about it way too hard. I'm like, you're building a thing from a movie. <laughs> but, uh, but no, I, I love like, the pretend times is what I'm getting at. Yeah. And I think like your, your point about having, um, having the skulls there to talk to, 
is a really good one because like when I, I I love doing um silly collaborations with uh with friends where you know someone will phone up or drop me a message and say oh can you film this or whatever like the the one I did for you for the axe build and um <laughs> And yeah, if you would have done a way worse job on camera, you wouldn't be doing that shit now. But you were great <laughs> at it, and now everybody wants more. But that, that's the thing is, it, it's it's uh, when there's um, like because it it was so easy to to think, oh, it's Brett that's watching this, you know, and you know, I've got to pretend that I'm speaking to Brett. That's easy um, because I can muck around and be a dick and talking to the general public and in my head I'm talking to not just average Joe, not Joe, <laughs> Joe, but, but just like, I'm not speaking to like the mean person. I'm speaking to a mean person as in like, I'm speaking to one of the internet trolls or something like that. So I, I need, I kind of, I go too far into my head and I have to over explain everything because I'm having to, I'm saying something then thinking of what they're going to argue back with and then doing that and then getting all up in my head and being like, oh, no, fuck that. Whereas what what I need to do is pretend that I'm speaking to one of you two and just be like, just shut the fuck up and listen to what I'm saying. <laughs> You're a dickhead. And I've never heard you say those words before. <laughs> not once, not ever. To, to the point where I genuinely nearly phoned you two or like one of you two um, when I was recording just to basically have you on FaceTime next to the camera just so I could actually talk to you and explain it to you whilst filming it. But that was a, that was a trick we always used to do in my old jobs in the production jobs is uh, like taping a little face underneath the lens or putting a picture of something silly. You know, it's like what you do with, with children when you're doing kids photography, you squeeze the duck to make noise, whatever. In this sense, it was more, these are adults but everyone's awkward in front of the camera usually. And just that little image to break the the tension and say yeah. like, Oh, look at the little dumb face that we taped to it. At least you get kind of a giggle or it reminds you that, yeah, you're, you're talking to a piece of equipment, but something about it clicks and the person can pretend a little bit more that they're talking to an audience or talking to another person. Yeah. Um, Again, that's why that's why the Scully thing happens. I almost wish you would have called me because no one, not a lot of people saw the behind the scenes of my uh, axe video and the stuff that you did for me. <laughs> but there's so much conversation. You're having a one sided conversation, but saying the exact same thing that I would say. So you're going, yeah. oh yeah, and then I'll say this, and then you would say blah 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 blah, and you just hold <laughs> both parts and you talk them out completely. <laughs> so. You were having a conversation between the two of us. It's just that I wasn't there. Yeah. <laughs> I thought that was brilliant. That's why I posted the entire thing online for, for the Patreon stuff. Because I, <laughs> I was like, more people in life need to see this. <laughs> glorious. And that's the thing is that that was that was really good fun. And I think that's like for me, acting silly and, and having a laugh is it's that whole thing and like Al said it's the the whole imposter syndrome like this uh this video that I'm working on at the moment is um is I wouldn't necessarily it's an instructional video but it, it's an educational video it's a bit more serious there's less um like silliness to it and I think that's where the 
the awkwardness comes in because I'm not just dicking about and and taking the mic. I'm trying to get a a serious point across, and that's where I'm kind of falling down because I'm massively <laughs> insecure about both myself and my knowledge, and so that kind of crops up. But the thing is, is it what's uh, what's kind of stupid about that is the fact that. You know, I I do this in person all the time. I'm forever explaining this thing, even to people that already fucking know it. I mean, Brett, the amount of times that you've made a comment or said something, and I've gone, ah, that's because of this, and you're there going, dude, I fucking know, shut the fuck up. <laughs> but, <laughs> but, and you know, I, I have no problem with that. It, it's just the fact that doing it to, to camera is awkward and weird, and then watching myself backwards uh, well, not backwards, but watching myself back, it then kind of all comes in and it, it then becomes awkward and weird again. I wonder, I have to ask Al, when you're shooting videos, most of the time you have a story that you're telling and I'm going to use the the Matrix one, the Know Thyself as the specific example. But for that, when you did the little plug yourself in and and, you know, Right at the end of it, the little kicker is like, no, nah, still don't have anything. When you're doing that and you're you're in your little pretend zone of like making the movie reference, what happens in the edit? Like when you watch those back, can you kind of uh, escape outward to see what the delivery looks like or not feel so uncomfortable about it? Because I feel like that's something you learn in the design world is you have to, the work that you do, you have to be able to take a step back and look at it with like, the the viewer's eyes and not yeah. your own as the designer no so i know in filmmaking that is what you're supposed to do and i think one of the skills of filmmaking is being able to act a scene regardless of what's going on and then the edit will make it yeah like i absolutely don't do that at all i will just do the whole thing and there's very little editing because i can't i can't it sounds ironic but i can't pretend like that like I, 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 it's all or nothing for me. Uh, yeah. So I will, I will go into the character and I'll pretend, but I can't do the whole like you, you know. Um, Ian McKellen was talking about um, going back to Middle Earth for the Hobbit trilogy. Yeah. And instead of like building bigotures and having beautiful sets and on location stuff, they just did it all on green screen for the Hobbit, and you can tell because it's fucking toilet. Um, and there was just a point where Ian McKellen just said he was just sat in a room, a green room, talking to a tennis ball on a stick. And he just started crying, yeah, because he couldn't do that. Like that is not what he does as an actor. What he does as an actor is transform into into a, another person, and then give it his all. He couldn't pretend that he was acting, mm-hmm. and yeah. that's 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 <laughs> not comparing myself to Ian McKellen, but in a long roundabout way, that's the same what I'm doing. I'm 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 all in, committed to the pretending, and there just happens to be a camera mm-hmm. on, yeah. Like even to the point where like I come back and I I, I go to edit and I I can't even remember and like it makes me laugh just the <laughs> shit that I was doing. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. It's yeah. almost yeah. like it was a different person and I was like, oh yeah, that was funny. <laughs> <laughs> so there's there's no big long plan. It's just like yeah. right, switch over. You're in that mode now. It's the same. It's the same all the time. It's the same when I'm at work. Like, is it is it Clerks or Mole Rats where they're talking about Superman being the the most sort of compelling character, which is wrong. But the the the, the, ra- the rationale is that um all other superheroes, their alter ego is them. Yeah. 
Superman is the opposite. Superman is the only one where his alter ego is the human, the boring person. Yeah. Yeah. He is actually Superman. Like his normal clothes are Superman. He's day to day Superman. He gets dressed up as as a normal person. Yeah. Um and I th- I think that's what I do. Like I am the 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 dickhead messing around joker. Um and I I pretend every day that I'm not. Yeah. And I go into work and I be sensible and I'm talking yeah. to like fucking <clears throat> businessmen and like um CEOs and and having boardroom meetings and stuff and I'm just like I'm pretending. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the real me is the one that you see like setting fire to stuff and and <laughs> making ham tools. Ham <laughs> <laughs> um, tool rescue. Um yeah, see I, I that's such a fucking that's a whole fucking world of conversations right now. <laughs> it's interesting. We're, we're on a podcast where we can chat about these yeah. things. <laughs> and have these conversations. But, but no, I, I was just going to say, like, I, I find that really interesting because um, like the, I, I kind of feel like the, just to go back quickly to the question that Brett was asking, like, I... Oh, sorry, didn't answer it. <laughs> no, I was going to loop back to that, to yours in a sec. Um, but yeah, like, it, it's funny because I feel like uh, if I'm... Um, pretending if I'm if I'm doing a, a a silly skit or something like that, like I find that so much easier to edit because I'm then I'm looking for the punchline, I'm getting the timing, <laughs> like the comedy timing right and all that, and like that that I have no problem editing. Um, but the yeah, the kind of the the pretending in pre- pretending to be normal in real life, like that's something that I. I sympathize with greatly like um obviously spending years working in an office job that I I fucking hated like I remember having a um a a, a, a manager that kind of insisted that we all started dressing um in you know smart trousers smart shoes <laughs> and shirts and ties um and said that we we should all be wearing shirts and ties I was like, but we we don't actually meet any of the customers. Like, we're not a customer front facing uh, team. Oh yeah, but you speak to the customers every day because our customers are, you know, the other employees within the company. I'm like, yeah, but we speak to them on the phone and through email. We don't actually meet them. <laughs> and uh, and there was a, his argument was basically, oh yeah, but you you know you should should dress to. Uh, it wasn't dressed for the uh, job you want, but that kind of like we should dress for the attitude and all that bollocks. I'm like, yeah, but that it just makes me feel uncomfortable, and I'm not like I don't I don't work very well when I'm uncomfortable, sort of thing. Um, but yeah, having to do that and having to pretend that that's who we are, and and, and having to pretend to be really um, like talking in in business speak and using buzzwords and all of that sort of shit, mm. and. Um, I don't remember going into an interview for the next job I had after that because luckily that manager ended up leaving because surprise, surprise, the team did shit. Um, so he left and everything kind of went back to normal. Um, but uh, but yeah, going for the next job I had and saying to them like the the, the classic question of um, uh, what do you think your biggest uh, flaw is? And saying, like, I can't... The one I fucking lifted up this morning. <laughs> hey, it's in the phone. Yeah. Um, but, like, saying, like, I I struggle pretending to be 
something I'm not. I can't sit there and talk about synergy and all of that <laughs> kind of shit. I think the problem is I'm too good at it. Well, that's the thing. Pretending, like, I mean, not the, yeah. not the actual doing of it, but I, I, I can wing it and I can give off the air if I know what I'm talking about yeah. or care what I'm talking about or yeah. be passionate or be good, even to be good at it. Like I'm pretending yeah. to be good at things and it just happens that I can get away with it. Yeah. <laughs> but that's, I think that's the thing is because with that kind of shit, I don't think anybody, like aside from a few... Well, no, very, it's all bollocks, isn't it? Yeah, aside from a few very, very <laughs> sad people, like nobody actually gives a shit. So if you can bullshit them, then yeah, they're going to lap up and they're going to go, oh fuck, okay, this guy knows what he's talking about. I'm going to get caught out if I don't agree with what he's saying. <laughs> and um, and yeah, I, I just, that whole kind of business world thing just, uh <laughs> the the problem with that became I agree with you, Steve. And by the way, I loved your answer before Steve interrupted our conversation that we were having. Prick. I loved your answer, Al, with the pretending thing. Um at at my old job, my most recent job before I switched over to do this, I interacted with a lot of people because of the position that I was in. I was not managerial, but I had a few people underneath me. I wasn't managing them, but I, I was the guy that had to answer all the questions at the end of the day. So I don't know, not the lowest tier, but definitely not up with with the board meetings and whatnots. But there were so many people that I worked with that came into the company years after we had been there. Because when we started, it was it was 10 of us. And by the time we got to 100, it was... It was very easy for me to see the people that were coming in and pretending to be professional. Right. But I don't know if it's just a a cycle of how this works in the business world, but it seems like the people that get kind of successful then are able to pretend and, and talk shop a little bit easier with the other people that are like that because neither of them wants to call each other out on whether or not they're full of shit. So they both kind of hold each other in these oddly high regard, yeah. this oddly high regard where, oh, you made it here totally bullshitting your way up. Oh, so did I. Cool. Well, <laughs> we should stay in this together because if one of us fails, they might figure out that both of us are going to fail. And so I used to go into meetings uh, when I was involved in these meetings and just call out bullshit or like, yeah. this isn't going to work or this is completely ridiculous. This is a waste of time or whatever. And then I ended up getting put into a position where like everyone thought I was just, well, I'm not going to deny the fact that I was a bit of a grump because I really didn't <laughs> like that job. Oh. And I, no, I am not a grump. Um, but I, I started getting perceived as, as kind of the naysayer or the, I was too negative for these meetings. Like I wasn't jumping on board with everything that they were saying and, you know, reversing the funnel of marketing architecture Ugh. and blah, blah, blah. And you're just like, that's all bullshit. We have 15 other things that are way more tangible right now that if we get those done, it's going to make the team happy. People are going to come in here excited to work. No one's excited to work because Chris, no one knows who that is, but this Chris guy was totally full of shit. Yeah. And when I left the company, I told my CEO straight up, I go, Chris is worthless. He should not be here. I don't know how he's existed this long. And he goes, well, it sounds like you have some personal animosity. And I was just like, that's fine. I'm also probably the only person here just outright saying it. And it's yeah. because I'm leaving. Yeah. So I never had a problem 
calling out the pretenders, I think they're hard to see every now and then in in this business mindset. When it comes to the making community and the kind of shit that we try and do on the weekend, I think one of the reasons why we have this very healthy uh, Facebook group and a lot of our, our friends and the outreach that we've had over the last year, uh, it's because everyone's very much themselves. It's a lot of genuine people and no one has any reason to bullshit or try and sell themselves as higher than anybody else. I think the fact that the three of us happened to start this, well, Steve started the podcast, but the three of us doing this podcast for this long doesn't necessarily, for any reason, make it seem like we know anymore or know what the fuck we're doing on a week-to-week basis. The <laughs> fact that we sorted out a Google switchover from two weeks ago to continue recording was just Al and Steve doing research because I was a lazy piece of shit. I I'll, love... I'll I love hey. the fact I love the fact that we have a community of people that don't seem pretentious and and don't seem like anyone is pretending and are very willing to call themselves out on it mm. too. Like yeah. very often it happens where even somebody like Laura Laura, who you know a lot of us watch and have been for a while, she started putting out more failure videos, you know, in the in the most recent year. Yeah. Even though she's doing these like huge projects and crazy builds with Adam Savage and everything, she's still capable of just kind of going, I fucked up. I don't really yeah. like how this looks. I want to talk about it. Here's a yeah. video. What she does is she actually pretends to fail. So they can, they can then make a failure video. <laughs> I, need that, I need that YouTube comment. Better yeah. go fail on something. I mean, because I think we, we spoke about uh, failure on, on here a little while ago and like how it's it's good. It's healthy to ad- admit you fail. Like there's that whole thing about um, social media. Pe- people only ever presenting the the good and the positive and, you know, Oh, my life is so wonderful. I do this, this and this. And fuck mm. off. So your Instagram feed then. <laughs> Dick. <laughs> um, but, uh, but that, that, that's the thing is, is nobody's life is perfect, but, and people don't tend to share those failures. I mean, that's why like, um, uh yesterday i i shared that post about um feeling fucking just going out of my head doing that uh that edit on that video and the fact that it was um uh oh Al, al's just left he'll he'll join again in a minute i'll edit this bit out Uh, the fuck did I? You what? What did you finish off with, Al? Before you decided to just close the window for some? No, it was ages ago. <laughs> <laughs> that was ages ago. Uh, Social media, everybody thinks they're. Oh yeah. Think. Um. So yeah, that that was the thing. It was like that's why I decided to share that post the other day about um like that edit giving me fucking anxiety because people. <clears throat> don't always share the the bad stuff and it's it does sometimes come across like everyone's always super popular and or super happy with themselves and everything they do is wonderful and everything so pretend to pretend it in a bad way yeah and and like uh getting to meet um or getting to spend some time with laura this year was fucking awesome because uh like hearing her talk about how she feels about 
editing or like hearing herself on camera mm-hmm. was great. It's like, oh, okay, so it's not just me that hates it. So like other people, people that do this all the time, still don't like it. And um, and yeah, I, I think it's the whole YouTube thing can kind of is a bit dangerous in the way that you can kind of um, get caught in that trap of, of, of thinking that everyone else is, you know, living their best life and all that sort of shit. And you're the only one doing it because people pretend like they're not going through, like they're not having shit times. And again, to bring it back to that, like to the Facebook group, like one of the great things I love about that group is the fact that people do, share those rants and it's not just uh um it doesn't ever come across as kind of oh my life's bad give me sympathy it's always i just need to rant and this feels like a good place to do it mm-hmm. and then um, at the end at the end there's always an apology <laughs> yeah exactly. sorry for ranting. sorry yeah sorry yeah. And, uh, <laughs> oh, very english and, and then there's like 30 people that then come up and it's saying oh you know i totally go through the same thing here's what i do to to help with it or whatever and um and i really like that and i and i think pretending that everything is okay all the time is is not good it's not healthy i mean i i know we've we've talked about like i say the the whole failure thing on here before but i think sharing um like not necessarily going on facebook and writing about it on there but even if it's just phoning up one of your mates and just having a rant getting something off your chest makes the world a difference. Like, mm. I don't care who you are. If you if you have a five-minute-long rant about some shit that actually, at the end of the day, it doesn't matter, and you know it doesn't matter, but you still want to bitch and moan about it, and you do that, and then at the end of it, you just go, oh, fuck, I feel so much better now. Like, I know that I was being a dickhead, but now that I verbalised it, I, I feel fine. I, I You know, it's not bothering me anymore. Um, so, yeah, I think, like, Pretending that everything's good all the time is is a bad, bad way of, of doing things. Um, especially if you you know if you're lying to yourself as, as well as everybody else, then because other people can see that everything's not okay. And if you lie to yourself about it, then yeah, it's just not good. It's it's weird one though because <clears throat> there are people that probably are deluded as well who are who are pretending things are great, but they're not. They yeah. don't think they're pretending. Yeah, they probably think that it's great. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> whether it's the thing they produce or whatever, or the you know the content or um, just their what they project, you know their their their, yeah. their existence. Um, I I think that's more dangerous. Yeah, <laughs> um, at least someone pretending it it. At least when you pretend everything's okay, you know it's not. Yeah, it's back to my whole sort of pessimism optimism thing that that actually I think it's the other way around. I think the people that that are pessimistic are actually the optimistic ones because they're like it well the, it could be a hell of a lot better than this <laughs> so i'm not satisfied whereas if you're optimistic you're like oh everything's great it's like really <laughs> <laughs> really really you, you really feel that way um are you trying to hide something so yeah i think i think both ways in terms of pretending you know to others about the state of the union is not is not very healthy yeah. But pretending that you're a monster or that you speak to skulls <laughs> <laughs> or that your your real moustache is made of sellotape is a fantastic <laughs> thing to pretend about. Yeah. I just I like the idea that um referring to, to the 
magic and and the real illusionists, Michael, um, they they show you what they want you to see, right? There, that is a that is the main goal of somebody that does performance magic mm-hmm. is you're you're typically seen from one direction, or if you're a close up magician, it's a lot of sleight of hand and and awesome little tricks and things like that. If if the idea is that you're you're only trying to show that if you if you think about it as the trick, right? A video that you output and throw on your YouTube channel where everything went right, but in actuality nothing went right. Mm. But you want to be perceived as the magician or, or the person that solved all the problems and came up with the beautiful product at the end. No one is going to discount fucking Chris Angel became famous doing magic. He's a shithead. <laughs> <laughs> but there there will always be the willfully ignorant people or the people that maybe don't don't care to see what's behind the curtain, which is totally fine. Yeah. And there will be people that will continue to be successful being magicians and illusionists. So um, so, so that's therein therein lies the difference. When I pretend, I want people to know I'm pretending. Yes. Like if I was an actor, yeah. I'm pretty sure the people coming to see me act would know that I'm not really Wolverine. <laughs> 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 like, I, so I, that, that, that there for me is the fundamental difference. Yes. If you're a fucking magician, you are going to hell just as a principle, <laughs> but you, you're, you're pretending with the, the, the view to manipulate people. The magician is no different than a fraudster. Yeah. It's just that you're, you're a fraudster at a children's party. So, but, my version of pretending is I know everyone knows that I'm pretending. I feel like we've touched on a nerve here with magicians. I fucking hate magicians. <laughs> just like trying to manipulate women so you can get laid at university. Just fuck off. No one wants to see your card trick. I'm trying to have my fucking dinner. Go away. <laughs> that feels very specific. God, there was there was such a period of my life where I just wanted to do magic tricks. Yeah, so, but you don't, and that's why I'm still your friend. All right. <laughs> no, but it, it. You're right. You're right when you say that. I think, in terms of the stuff that we show on on social medias and the YouTubery spaces, I mean, example from from just yesterday actually stepping in front of the camera and like admitting that things weren't going right. That was cathartic to me. Right. That's why I did it. But I also, the whole point of what I'm trying to do with my channel is to be more open. Like this is all a huge learning experience. I do have access to some crazy tools that some people won't. And I, I have some time and availability that other people won't, but it's not going to discount the fact that Steve, you've been doing smithing forever. And like one of the first things I told you in the middle of the project, I was like, Hey, this is really hard. <laughs> like I thought I had all the stuff and this would be kind of, I'd be able to like play with it, but no, it doesn't change anything. Yeah. And I want people to know that whatever I'm putting out there, even if it is having a play around and being Mal or link or yeah. the captain or whatever any of these stupid little personas that i put on but if you if you actually thought you were a pirate nobody would watch your your channel no that's what i mean it would be horrible it would be like some weird like cat person that like thought they were a cat (laughs) and got tattooed and like you know that that that, breaking that fourth wall is so important right because it it, 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 if anything it makes the illusion more uh, entertaining 
and, yeah, and, and, and more engaging. Right, and even when we are interacting with each other in the Fool Fly videos, I think one of the reasons those are so enjoyable for me to make, and I don't know if you guys feel the same way, is we're we're breaking a bit of the illusion that we're you know on the same ship or yeah. within yeah. earshot of people. But it's so nice because in a way that actually that makes me feel like Al's there when we're having yeah, a chat yeah. over the yeah. hack shack and oh what you say and what actually <laughs> happens. I, like that was fun to record and Steve having you do the thing for the axe video and all the little videos that we've shot with each other and um to me being able to watch those or if they are for my videos and I'm editing them, that that pretending that we're doing is so nice. It's yeah, just yeah. so nice and enjoyable because not only am I the person in the video, so I know like this is a huge lie. I'm dressed up like Mal. That's funny. I'm a I'm dude just playing the dude. I'm a dude <laughs> playing the dude. Guys is the other dude. So it it becomes it becomes enjoyable for me, and I'm hoping that that goes uh, to the outward facing stuff. You know, any of the content that I put online or any of the stuff I put on socials i want people to know that there's mistakes or that there's silliness going on behind the scenes or i don't take this seriously because it's it's for funsies anyways so if i'm able to produce things on a professional level or create things whether the videos or actual products i want to be respected for the work that i do but at the same time i'm not trying to go out and tell everybody that i'm the best or i'm going to be the one that it breaks the mold and it shows you something yeah. you've never seen before cinematography wise. Like I'm a guy with a DSLR camera. I have a couple plastic skulls and a really good group of friends that like to play together. If yeah. you want to be involved in that, we're all going to be showing it off. Yeah, no, I, uh, I really like the, the kind of the idea of what you were saying about um, liking that, like the fact that it's so obvious that you're not in the same room but still pretending like you are like, I love that. Like one of my favorite ones for that was um, when red and Seb did the leather belt. And, <laughs> that was so and, red, good. and red just threw it over his head. And then Seb caught it in, like in the middle of an orchard or something. Like, <laughs> <it's so ridiculous. laughs> but, um, but that, that's the thing is like that kind of that, that goofing around and, and playing with, with stuff like that is, is what makes it fun. And that's what, um, like that that's one of the things about uh or one of the reasons why I still want to produce videos and why I still want to be involved in this community in that way is because that side of it is really good fun like i'm not I'm not doing this to um to make millions from YouTube or anything stupid like that like I'm doing this because it, I get to have a laugh with friends that are all over the world by pretending that we're in the same fucking workshop let alone the same country sort of thing and um yeah because if it was up to us there wouldn't be the pretending well there still would be but we just be in proximity (laughs) and be able to film with each other exactly and but the thing is is i think um i think what you uh said both just now and in your video as well actually is is a really nice um kind of way of summing it up like with with your latest video there was um there were some mistakes. There were things that went wrong, and um, and you 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 know you you had the uh, the 
pretend of I'm a pirate and I'm talking to Skulls and this is really fun. And then shit didn't go to plan. And there was the, actually, I'm I'm going to be serious. I'm not going to pretend that I'm a professional blacksmith. I'm not even going to pretend that I know what I'm doing. Like the, the uh, raw iron delaminated, this went wrong, that went wrong, well, this. Like, and the fact that you, you stood there and you fully admitted that I'm not going to pretend to know what I'm doing. I'm just a guy in a workshop mucking around, making shit. Like, and this is this is what I'm going to do next. I'm like, I'm not going to lie about it. I'm not going to try and use camera trickery to pretend like this all went perfectly. I'm going to be honest about this. Now let's go back to me pretending to be a pirate that talks to skulls. Like, <laughs> it was it was fucking great, and I loved that. And like, I. Uh, like even whilst the video was like before you actually did that bit and stopped, I was watching the video going, oh, Brett, what are you doing? Like that's 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 gonna that, no, that's not gonna work. That, that, that's that's gone wrong now. Like that that's delaminated. Fuck, what are you doing? And uh and then you did that and I was like, Oh, I, I fucking love you, you nosy <laughs> And like Dude, it, I it, had the choice. I had the choice to edit so much of that shit out. Yeah. And, and that's the thing is I love the fact that you didn't and the fact that the thing that you were pretending is that you're a pirate, not that you're the world's greatest blacksmith. Like it, it you're a re- pirate and a blacksmith. <laughs> yeah. But like it, it, I really enjoyed it and it, it's, um, it made it fun. It made it interesting and it made it, yeah. It, I watched that whilst I was still sat here um, complaining that it's too hot. And after watching it, I went, actually fuck it. you know what i don't care if it's still too hot i'm gonna go back down the workshop and i'm gonna carry on working on the things that i want to work on so, you know, well, it, it, awesome. it, you know it inspired me enough that i wanted to go and uh get back into the workshop um so yeah i, I don't know what your intention is with with the video but for me like that's that's definitely the desired result is to inspire someone else to go and try something and do something else well it's it's We've talked about it plenty before, and I'd love to hear your guys' thoughts on it, but everything that we've chatted about prior to this and this episode is, I don't know, a lot of the vibe that we're all trying to put out there or something that I discussed with you guys really early on where the fact that I wouldn't say, at least out of the three of us, I don't think any of us really know what we're doing when it comes to starting a project, right? Like, Steve, if you're doing production work and it's stuff for the the smithing uh, products for the forge. You've learned how to do them, and it's a lot of repetition and everything. But when it comes to your own projects, like the knife wheel and the crazy badger axe, <laughs> for the zombie weapon challenge, those may be those may contain some uh, processes that you've done before, but you've never made that thing before, right? Yeah. Al. of what you do is in your head, but you've never done it physically before. And it always ends up surprising me how good of a result, because you're somebody that can translate uh, roughly what's in your brain to something tangible. And the way you deliver the stories always reminds me that it's, we've talked about it. It's cliche, the journey, not the destination thing. And as far as the, this video specifically, um, I, I would love to know that 
at the end of the day, everybody needs to be able to look at, let's say, the three of us and go, I didn't know I could do that using minimal tools, minimal knowledge, whatever the hell it is. I think one of my favorite things about our small our small little group that's that's maintained a friendship over this time is that most of us accept the challenge that we've never done the thing before, whatever the thing is. Most of us don't have all the tools that we want. I I may have access to some different stuff than other people, but I I do kind of try to steer away from that stuff as often as possible because I want to see how to do it the the cheaper way or the might take a little bit more work way, but at least it's available to me. You know, doing so much work with an angle grinder over the last few weeks has just made me love the angle grinder that much more. I I like knowing that we're consistently putting out stuff to the internet that says, I'm not a professional. I haven't been doing this all of my life. I don't, I've never even used this tool before, (laughs) but we get through it and whether or not it's the perfected results, Andy Berkey said it and it's just rolling him around in my head constantly now, which is, it's about progress and not perfection. It is. That's such a strong, that's such a strong motto to keep in mind of, like, you've never done this before, but are you making progress? Great. Did you know that you could use an angle grinder to do all this stuff? No. <laughs> Al gets a stick welder and is like, you ever done this before? Nope. Builds and frames out a chair swing, a moon chair swing thing for his backyard, which was glorious. I like knowing that that's what we're putting out there. Like, I, hopefully anybody that watches us realizes, like, well, these idiots can do it. They do. And, and you see that with the people in the community. You see people coming to the, the blacksmithing classes and trying it for the first time. You know, you see people getting a sewing machine and doing it. You know, that's what they're doing. They're pretending that they know how to use a sewing machine and they're just yeah. doing it. And it's that it's that leap of faith. It's that um, don't be afraid you know what's the worst that could happen mentality it's like if you if you just fake it for a little bit and and imagine that you that what's going to happen at the end is going to be successful do that i'd rather yeah. you do that than pretend that everything's great or pretend that you, you you're doing cool stuff just do it if you fuck up you fuck up but I, I i the more this goes on the more i see the fantastic people in this community doing things they've never done before all because they've got that mentality that that I'm good I, for today or you know today only I'm going to pretend to be this or I'm going to pretend that I know how to do this and it just fucking I love it I love yeah. seeing it instead yeah. of instead of that I need this fucking safety net and this this security blanket of the things that I know like I know how to do this really well so I'm going to keep doing this I'm going to keep turning fucking pens yeah like do something that you don't know how to do yeah I, I pretend I, that's <laughs> such a fucking good uh, point and that's was going to be the next thing I was going to say like the fact that I think too few people or too many people um, pretend about things that don't matter and don't give themselves the opportunity to to just e- e- even if you um, even if you feel like oh, shit, it does matter you know what I produce every time I go in the workshop I need to be able to you know spend that time wisely or whatever just yeah fucking pretend that you are or whatever it does, whatever it takes to, to, to be able to do that thing. Pretend that actually, you know, you want to have a go at sewing, pretend that Ellen is in the room with you and just <laughs> fucking go for it. Like you want to have a go with, uh, 
ham hammer then pretend that al is there behind you saying yeah do that it's fine like it doesn't it doesn't matter what you have to pretend to to allow yourself to be able to do these things just gather and fucking try and um because that's the thing we're we're all here doing the same thing we're all pretending that you know we're we're able to to make these things because first time i made a a box out of a bit of plywood like I didn't know what I was doing. I was just pretending. I was just mucking around. And if that's what you have to do, then do it. Because at the end of the day, if that's what gets you making stuff, then that is fucking spiffing. Azub. Azub, which means that Al, you're first. Woohoo! Okay, so cool. Um, have we talked about skunk works before? No. Right. So there's a podcast. There's the Skunk Works podcast, and Skunk Works is the like experimental division of Lockheed Martin, who make airplanes. Um, and Skunk Works, I think, was founded in like the forties um, during the war because they, they were kind of like we need um, we need a jet. Because we don't have a jet, and the Germans have a jet, so you need to make yeah. a jet. But we haven't got time because we're too busy making things for the war. Here's a tent. Go and invent jets. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and so, with like limited tools, limited staff, limited budget, um, these guys just basically switched off their kind of um, uh, airplane engineer job mode, job description, and went into creative thinking um experimental uh you know just just coming up with shit there's no such thing as a uh, as a you know there's no wrong answers we just need to 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 do shit and in in weeks they'd kind of prototyped and built america's first fighter jet um and then they went on to make the stealth bomber uh among um, you know hundreds of other amazing inventions and um things which still haven't even come out yet super interesting really interesting approach to things um, but it's going from that kind of like super serious clinical thing that we talked about the, at the start of the show to this much more engaging, interesting way of working. Still doing the same thing, still producing fucking airplanes, but some of them are just standard Lockheed Fair, and some of them are stealth bombers and the blue and the, the Blackbird and shit like that. So, yeah. um, absolutely amazing. But the podcast is great. Um, it's just listening to kind of funny stories and in, in, inside info into kind of a very top secret organization who having fun and have a little skunk as a logo which i just think <laughs> is adorable um yeah check it out nice i like that um i am next and there's i i'm kind of flipping a coin between a podcast and a maker but i think i'm gonna go with the podcast um and uh, it's so you know the idea of uh, like desert island discs, yeah. So you pick your top. Is that like five. a vinyl? Yeah. <laughs> so discs, Brett. Do it. <laughs> um, Callback successful. Yeah. There we go. So basically, it's desert island discs, but for punks. Um, so it's called Desert Island Punks, um, and it's a podcast by um, uh, friends band's lead singer friends um, friends uh and the band the band are good as well um 
Jake and the Jellyfish. But uh, yeah, Desert Island Punks is really uh, good fun. Um, it's uh, if you're into music at all, then I think it's worth checking out. If you're into punk music, then I would definitely suggest it. Um, there's been a few uh, good guys on. Frank Turner was on uh, one of the most recent ones. And the lead singer from Red City Radio, whose name I've already forgotten. Mick uh, Hucknell. Definitely not. Uh, <laughs> was uh, was on it as well. And um, it's just, it's really interesting hearing not only their, the the kind of um, albums that they're picking, but their reasonings for picking them as well. Um, so yeah, uh, picking them? Picking them. Yeah, picking them. Uh yeah, it was. It's just a really good, fun kind of backgroundy listen. And at the end of every episode, it's going to make you want to go out and listen to all of those albums. So, yeah, go check that out. Go and check it out, Brett. What about you? I am going to talk about a YouTube channel that I just recently Ooh. got suggested to me, and have been enjoying it as a bit of background. Uh, noise, entertainment, whatever. I think we had a talk about it. Al, you might have been the one that brought it up uh, about like deep sea marine life on an yes. earlier episode. Um, Instagram po- uh, guy. Yeah, there you go. So uh, this channel is called the. I, I lost my tab on it. Sorry. E- EV Nautilus. And I'll have Steve put that in the show notes six months from now. But it's a great channel if you have any interest in, uh, I don't know, biological life underneath the ocean surface a few hundred or thousand meters down. Um, It's just a bunch of deep sea explorers. They're all young, quirky folks. And they kind of narrate while they're doing their explorations in the submersibles. And... I've honestly just found it really, really uh, intriguing and also a bit inspiring just seeing some of the creatures that are down there and going like, oh, yeah, I forgot there's an octopus that looks like it's made out of, I don't know, some type of whipped cream wrapped around <laughs> a plastic bag. I don't know. There's there's just so much weird going on with textures and colors and things that otherwise don't see light, but for some reason are insanely colorful. Um I've really been enjoying the channel, and if anybody else has interest in sunken ships or wreckage or the stuff going on below the surface, it's it's been really enjoyable to watch. So cool. EV Nautilus, have a watch, put it on in the background. Super neat. Sounds cool. great. Yeah. Good stuff. Uh, any other business? I don't think so. Mm, I'm good for business. Good. To business! Uh, Anyway, uh, if you want to find us, you can find us on all of the usual social media places. You can find me at Moonshine Metalworks. You can find Brett at Skull and Spade 13. And you can find Al at Al's Hack Shack. Al's Hack Shack! Old school. Ooh, wow. I was going to go with Log Cabin, but... They're not really anyway. logs. I'm just pretending. <laughs> All right. Yeah. They're it's more kind of... just they're more tongue and groove boards. Beams. 
Uh, and if you want to find us as a group, you can find I was us pretending at podcast. <laughs> and you can also find us on Facebook at the Falls of Tools podcast group thing. Just type Falls of Tools into Facebook. Uh, if it looks like it's our group, it's probably our group. If it doesn't look like our group, it's probably something else. Uh, we're on Instagram as well, where you can see all the lovely thumbnails. I forgot the word for thumbnails then. That's why I paused for so long on love. Uh, all the lovely thumbnails that Al does uh, are there. So you should definitely go and check them out. And I think that's it. That's it. Nice. Yes. Uh, so we see you later, guys. We love you. Goodbye. Bye. Bye. Torcidor. <laughs>